Welcome to Grab the Glory with Holly Smith. My name is Holly Smith. This is a production of Lion and Lamb Ministries. Today, guys, we are talking about something so exciting. We are getting into spiritual warfare. Yes, the whole nine, demon deliverance, how things happen, why things happen, where do they happen, why do they happen. You need to know what's going on because as you walk this out, um, the things I've been telling you the last two weeks, I'm going to finish telling you the seven steps and then we're going to get into the result of what you're what's going to come against you, um, as you walk these out, because unfortunately so many people, they get to this process and they want to do this, but they fight, they get fighting and they get resistance and they're like, well, it's hard. So I'll stop because my life was easier before I started following God this closely. And so it must not be something I'm doing right. It must be something I'm doing wrong. No, that's where you're missing it. Okay. So we're going to talk about why are you feeling resistance? Why are you feeling like all of a sudden everything is going wrong? (laughs) Um, And I don't want to say this is everyone's experience, but I would say this is a large number of people's experience. As they start walking this sanctification road, when they start walking that anointing and that power, what people realize is, oh my goodness, like there are real demons out there. There's a real Satan out there. There's a real satanic force out there that's trying to destroy me. And that's the kingdom of darkness. Okay. And while we don't want to glorify the devil or any of his cohorts, I do want to prepare you um, because this is just what the Lord has led me into today. So let's go over sanctification really quick for people who missed it. And I'm going to finish teaching on it. And then we're going to get right into spiritual warfare. So stay for the whole thing, because if you don't stay through to the end, you're not going to have all the tools you need to stick this out. Okay. All right. So just to clarify, just to go over the whole thing, if this is your first, if you clicked on this video for spiritual warfare, we've been talking the sanctification process. Sanctification means to be made holy. If you're looking to be a deliverance worker, if you're looking for to be someone that really interacts with the spiritual realm and helps get people set free, and this is why you clicked on this video, I need you to know your power is going to be useless. You're not going to be able to see demons manifest. You're not going to be able to help people the way you want to help people without this process without holiness. Okay. And so sanctification means to be made holy. Um, or I like to call it to look like God, right? Because God has a verse that he wrote down in the Bible, uh, through one of his servants. And it says, be ye therefore holy for I am holy, right? He's like, I'm holy. So you get holy and be like me so you can use my power, but his power can't go in a weak vessel. Um, we are in our human bodies, we're vessels, right? And so when you try to use this giant amount of power, right? But you're in a sin fallen vessel, your vessel's not been made clean. It's not holy. It's not strong, right? It's not, it's not built up in the word and in your knowledge of who you are and not just your knowledge, but anointing has fallen. When you don't have all these things happen, what you're doing is, is you're going out there and trying to be a Harry Potter lookalike. And I don't mean to be cruel, but that is what's happening when people say, oh, I want to do deliverance, but they don't do the process of holiness. Well, you just want to look fun. And maybe you do have a heart to help people. I don't want to accuse you, but this is the Holy Spirit. I speak in the Holy Spirit. This is this is not me. This is God talking. Okay, so please forget me and, and don't get mad at me. Get mad at him. Okay, talk to him about it. Get mad. He's a big boy. And for those of you that don't know that today, God is a very big boy. And if he couldn't handle you telling him every little minute of your day, if he didn't want you to do that, the book of Psalms would be so much shorter. 
right? He wants to hear about the little annoyances in your day so he can help you walk those out. Jesus is a high priest, right? He goes between us and God, but he's such a compassionate high priest because he was here in a human body. And when you're telling God, the father who's never walked in a human body, um, you know, himself, he can't do that. He's too good. He's too holy, right? Hallelujah. When you tell God, this person cut me off today and it really pissed me off. You know, Jesus can help say, you know, dad, they are really annoying. Like (laughs) whatever it might be, whatever your situation is, Jesus is so compassionate and God is a father and he is so compassionate. But I'm trying to tell you that God is not without a reference point to your pain. That's one of the reasons Jesus was here. He wasn't without a reference point to your pain now because his son went and did it and his son can testify to him. He goes back up to the throne after it's all said and done. He's like, dad, that was hard. Being in a human body is hard. Being in this flesh is hard. And this is what it feels like. And and he can talk to God as his dad and, and it, it helps the father help you. Right. And so I like to think that, you know, God is so great. He saw the end from the beginning. Right. But I know that that helped God because that was something God didn't experience, but his son did. And so that's something that I've learned throughout the years is like, God really cares about the minute little teeny tiny details of your life. The details that you think no one noticed, God saw those moments. And while they were nothing to anyone else, you know, let's say that you're, let's say you're just, um, I don't know, quitting smoking and you didn't have a cigarette in the morning, but you had your second morning cigarette, but you skipped your first morning cigarette. Okay. I've never done cigarettes. I'm just kind of guessing at this point, but I'm speaking out of the spirit. So I'm not guessing at the same time. I'm speaking out of the spirit. So I know this is somebody out there. When you do that one step, even if you smoked the whole rest of the day, when you did that one thing, God was so proud of you. He looked at you and he was like, my kid's trying so hard. And even if that's the only thing you were able to accomplish that day, right? As you start walking this out, you're going to have things like that, that it's like, okay, this is my step today. And it may feel like a really small baby step, but it's a step and you did it right. And God is sitting there going, I'm so proud of you. You did that. So whether it's, you know, washing an extra dish or, or making sure your kitchen was clean before you went to bed, because you're trying to just be diligent. If you're trying to just, you know, love on people more and you gave somebody an extra smile at the store, if you didn't complain to your boss for the 15th time this month at like, whatever it is that you did that you're like, I know no one else would think this is awesome. But like, for me, this was awesome. God thinks it's awesome. Did you know that God thinks it's awesome. And so you don't have to be concerned that he's going to be fed up with you. He is just going to help you get through it. He's going to help you navigate the situation and navigate these aches and pains and annoyances of life. Right. And the more you walk this out, the less of those you'll have because you get to walk glorified once you're sanctified. And so I say all that to say that, and this is the Holy spirit guys. If you have not seen any of my other videos, Holly Smith does not give these sermons. This is not me. This is the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, cause quite frankly, I was not, um, I was doing my, like I do my makeup before I come and sit here. And when I do my makeup, I just zone out. I don't do anything. I'm not sitting here like praying in the spirit and just like trying to, to just like gather up enough holiness and enough God presence to be able to get up here and speak. No, I'm a holy vessel. I'm clean. I've been through this process. So I do my day and I come and sit right here and I talk to you. I'm not saying there's not prayer behind my ministry or Bible reading or, or, or anything that you might think is important fasting, right? It, 
there are things in place, but I don't have to check a list off if I'm going to film that day. Why? Because this is a lifestyle. This is my life. I'm abandoned. I died at my baptism. I died when Christ died and I'm done. Holly Smith doesn't exist anymore. She's dead. And I only live for Jesus. And so I do the things Jesus wants done and that Jesus would do. And so that's the sanctification process is realizing I can't be me anymore. I'm done being me because you know what? I want eternal life and I love Jesus and I'm so grateful he died for me. And I want to be used for his work and his glory. Hallelujah. And so if you want to do that, the biggest thing you need to realize is my life doesn't matter anymore. When you realize that your life is no longer about you, you are set free in a new way because before you were trying to get everything you wanted and you had to do it in your own strength. But when you start walking with God, he's going to place a vision inside you that he wants done. And then all of a sudden, you're not getting what you want to accomplish. You're getting what God wants accomplished. Well, if you're getting what God wants accomplished, you're going to get God's results, right? You're going to walk in his power, his anointing, his hand opens and closes doors to the plan of your life, right? So it's not about you making it happen. Here's the thing. Here's the mystery that's through the sanctification process. Here's the golden gem nugget, the pearl that someone sold everything they had and bought for. This is the kingdom of God in one moment. And let me just tell it to you. When you start walking the sanctification process out, when you commit to God and say, I'm holy, I'm going to be used as a vessel for you, transform my life and make it yours, God. When you say that prayer and you commit in your heart of hearts to do it, no matter how hard it gets, right? Then what you've done is you've given God an invitation. You have given God an invitation. It's like you wrote out a formal wedding invitation. You gave it to God and you said, I want to have a meeting with the most high. I want to talk to you about what you want done in my life. Because here's the thing. Every single person walking the earth has a divine plan from God almighty. Every single one. I'm not that one. Too bad. You are. I know that there are people out there sitting, everybody but me. Nope. It's still you, babe. It's still you. He has a plan for you too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I don't like that people have to just struggle with that, but I know why it exists. It's, it's demonic activity. It's people speaking curses over your life. And I just want to pummel them for you because I love you and you're here and you're learning. Um, and so I get really big sistery about people who are like, I, God doesn't have anything for me. God has so much for you. He has it for you. Hallelujah. And so you have to remember that God is not sitting up there going, I hope they did this good, but if they didn't, then they're going to get this bad thing. No, he is sitting up there going, I love my kid, but if they open that door with that sin, that's going to come in and hurt them so badly. And I told them not to, and I begged them not to, and I sent ministers of the gospel to teach them how to not do that. And they still did it. You know, at a certain point he says, my kids have free will. My kids have free will. And if they choose to truly not be my kids, that's fine. That's fine. Because I know the other process, the other process, like the other brain point that's coming up in people's heads, because this is the Holy Spirit. This isn't me that I'm getting is that, you know, people are sitting here going, okay, well, I love God, but she is talking about some hard stuff. I don't want to be abandoned to self. I like my life. I like me. My name is Mike. I love being Mike. I don't want to do this. Right. But I love Jesus. And I'll still go to church on Sundays peace out. You have just sealed your own fate. Don't do that. 
That's a dangerous game to play with God Almighty. You didn't find this video for no reason. You're not in front of this TikTok or this Instagram because you happened on it by accident. God is giving you an invitation right now and saying, come up with me, come up higher to my level so that I can train you, so that I can teach you, so that I can give you my vision for your life. The kingdom of God is so powerful. God created you to be a warrior. You are so much bigger than your physical body or your physical circumstances right now. You have a glorious life to lead here on the earth. The Lord's prayer says your will be done where on earth as it is in heaven. What's bound on earth is bound in heaven, which means if you get in here and you dig into this process and you say, I'm going to do this no matter what, if you decide to do that, and I pray, I pray, I pray you do in Jesus name. I pray that you do when you decide, okay, you know what? you're right. God did so much for me. I can do this for him. I can give up my creature comforts and I can do this for him. What you're going to find is true life. You're going to find true freedom. You're going to try and find true fulfillment, true deliverance. You're going to find Jesus himself because the disciples that stayed in the boat of religion and said that couldn't possibly be someone who can do supernatural things right? Jesus, I mean, he's just, he's cool. He's doing some weird stuff with fishes and loaves, but I don't know that you could do all that, right? When you stay in the boat of doubt and that boat of religion, you only get to meet other people who have doubt and religion. But when you decide, I'm going to seek after the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, well, I'm going to seek after his face. I'm going to get to know Jesus Christ, of Nazareth. I'm going to get to know the son of God as my personal friend, as my personal confidant, as my personal lover in this life. I'm going to love Jesus more. I'm going to love Jesus the most. When you put him as the head of your life and not the tail, and you say, I'm going to pick up my cross. I'm going to follow after him. No matter what weird, crazy thing he asked me to do or tells me that I can do, and I don't believe him, but I've got to try to believe him. He's going to help my unbelief and I'm going to do it. When you decide to do that, babe, your life is set free. Your life is set free. Hallelujah. Because when you get out to meet Jesus, you're walking on water. You're walking on water. You're not walking anymore. You're not rolling in a boat. The same thing's going to happen in the boat. You're on supernatural ground. You're on holy ground. You're able to do supernatural, crazy, cool, wonderful things. But if you don't get holy, you can't do it. People without holiness cannot get out of the boat. Did you know that? Oh no, I can't get out of the boat. I'm not holy yet. No, sis, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that getting out of the boat is holiness. So you're like, I'm going to get holy. You just took a step out of the boat. Do you know what I'm saying? When you say, I'm going to seek Jesus instead of the people that talk about Jesus, I'm going to worship Jesus instead of my church. I'm going to worship Jesus instead of the cross. I'm going to actually get to know the guy who was on the cross When you decide to do that, the personhood, the person of Jesus, because a lot of people are more familiar with demon spirits personalities than they are with Jesus's personality. I'm just going to tell you very frankly, and that's not me. That's the Holy Ghost. Okay. A lot of people are very familiar with the Jezebels of the world, right? They're very familiar with the demon spirit of lust. They know very well the demon spirit of addiction. They know very well the demon spirit of gluttony or a fear of warrior, of strife or of anxiety. People are very familiar with that demon spirit. They put it on them, their bodies. Even as Christians, they say, I have anxiety. I have depression. I have mental illness. And they wear it like a proud badge everywhere they go. And it's like, it's just walking around and being friends with a demon everywhere you go and just introducing yourself and saying, by the way, I have a demon living inside of me everywhere you go all the time. That's exactly what you're doing. Did you know that 
That's exactly what you're doing because those are demon spirits that have come to attack your body. Those are demon spirits that have come to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And if you're looking at me right now and going, how could she possibly say that to me? I want to ask you one question. The first day you decided you were depressed or anxious or someone spoke that over you versus today, is your life better or worse? And I don't mean circumstance-wise. I mean in your heart and in your soul. Since you started telling people you were anxious and depressed, did you get more or less anxious and depressed? Okay, because what's happened is you have spoken enough things out of your mouth and agreed with the enemy to the point that you now are a slave to the enemy. And you can wear as many cross tattoos and necklaces as you want, but that's not going to change the fact that you are possessed by a demon and you need deliverance. Okay, I did not come to deliver a nice message today. I came to get you set free. I'm not the setter for you. That's Jesus. Okay, but I did come to give you the truth. And I think far too people do that. Okay. You walk around and say, I have anxiety. Hi, hello, my name is so-and-so. I have anxiety. You're saying, hi, hello, my name is so-and-so. And I have a demon living inside me and it has friends because I constantly introduce him everywhere I go. So he constantly brings more people in. So it may have started with depression or it may have started with anxiety, but then you got the other one or then you got gluttony or then you got stress or then you got apathy. Oh, apathy. Apathy will make you never move off your couch again. Hallelujah. Depressed people go to work more than apathetic people. Apathy means to not care. I don't care about anything. I'm lukewarm about everything. I don't have an opinion about that and I don't care about that. I don't have an opinion about that and I don't care about that. If you do not stand up for Jesus, you're going to fall for every single one of the devil's tricks in your life and you're going to live a very miserable life because there are a lot of people who look super happy that are miserable and there's a lot of people who you would look at and go, I feel sorry for you that are really set free. I know more people that have been to prison who are happier than you who have never even seen the inside of a, of a police station, right? Because you don't know the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. You haven't met him personally and they have because they were so isolated, so alone. They had no distractions that they had a forced sanctification process. If they chose to accept Jesus in that jail cell, they had a forced moment where they had to say, okay, I'm walking this out and I have nothing else to do. So I'm going to just keep walking. I'm just going to keep walking and they keep walking and they get, they find themselves more sanctified than a lot of people who go to church every single Sunday and Wednesday. Ooh, huh. That's not an easy thing to hear. I know, but it's true because they had to put their phones down and you have not. They had to say, I'm done with the world because someone made them and you have not. And because of that, you're sitting here going, I want to deliver demons and I want to help people. But if you don't help yourself, you don't realize you may have some. You don't realize that you have issues going on, that God can't even use you. You are a broken vessel and he's got to pick you up and dust you off and glue you back together so that he can use you. Because right now you're like a broken piece of machinery. If I have a broken lawnmower, I cannot mow my lawn. I don't have a lawnmower at all, guys. Not at all. Someone else does that. Praise God. I'm blessed. But I'm using an example. Okay. And I also don't mow lawns, but you know what I'm talking about? If I have a broken lawnmower, I'm just trying to give us a break. Cause I know this is heavy. If I have a broken lawnmower, I cannot mow the grass. No matter how many times I want to mow the grass, no matter how big the grass gets, no matter how beautiful it looks, no matter how big the harvest seems, I can't mow that grass with that lawnmower. And God is saying, I love you. And I love the harvest and I want the harvest to come in, but I can't use a broken lawnmower. 
So if you want to help me reap the harvest, you must first fix yourself. (laughs) You must first get holy so I can put my power in you so I can use you. Okay, so your heart's in the right place. You have started on the right foot, but we just need to, to roll a few steps back. Okay, and we need to look in the mirror and the mirror is actually the word of God. Did you know that? The word of God says that um, it's a mirror for ourselves and people who leave it and don't do what it says. They, it was like they looked in a mirror and then they left the mirror and forgot what they looked like. You look like that book. You're in that book. Every word in that book is for you. But if you don't take it and apply it to your life, if you don't take it and go through the sanctification process and say, every single word in this Bible is true and I'm going to live it and I'm going to follow it. So if it says, don't be in debt, I'm going to work right now, every single second of the day to make sure that I'm not in debt. And that doesn't mean you toil about it. Those mean you worry about it. It means, Lord, I repent. I repent for going into debt. I repent for getting that car loan when I didn't have to. I repent for getting into student loans when I wasn't even sure what I wanted to do in college. I repent for this debt. I renounce it and I ask you to take it from me and show me the financial tools I need to succeed because your finances are in the Bible. Your sex life is in the Bible. Your marital partner is in the Bible. Your kids are in the Bible. Your friends are in the Bible. Your pastor's in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. You're in the Bible. Do you understand me? We are all in there. Our roles in the body of Christ and in this life and in the kingdom of God and in the kingdom of heaven as kingdom citizens is in that book. But if you never open that book or if you open that book every single day, but you never take it to your life and apply it, you are not going to get God's results. You're going to get the world's results, which is nothing. You're going to get religion's results. The worst thing you can do for yourself is open that book and never do it because you're going to start feeling numb to it. Revelation's going to stop flowing and then it's just going to be a textbook. It's just going to be a textbook that you open for no reason because you're not in class. Okay. Um, and that's harsh. That sounds really harsh, but it's not me. It's the Holy Ghost. Okay. It's time. People have to wake up. There are real things coming. There are real birth pangs coming for this nation and the United States and the world around us. There are real things that are about to happen and take place. And there's been prophecy after prophecy after very confident prophecy from God throughout the body of Christ that has said, I need my church to get ready because there's about to be a refining fire. And if you don't go through this voluntarily, you're going to go through this process involuntarily because there's going to be a moment in time in the next little bit of time. I want to say the next little bit of time where, um, in this world, especially in this country, uh, people are going to have to go, Oh crap. It's Bible times. (laughs) Oh, okay. Things are starting to get real. And you're not going to have a choice. You're not going to have a choice to care about anything other than does God know I'm with him because things are getting rough out here. Okay. And I I don't say that to scare you. No one's trying to scare you. I, of anybody, hate talking about this because I never want people to feel fear. But I do want you to be aware. It's not fearful if you're aware and you're in with the right camp. But I'm in with the right camp, Pastor Holly. I go to church. I know, sweetie. I know you go to church. Oh, I know. I know. But if you go to church every Sunday and your life doesn't look transformed and changed for the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have not changed from who you were when you were 11 or 12 to today, if you can say, oh, I have a lot of the same habits, a lot of the same ideas, if the sanctification process and the refining fire that I'm talking about is nonsense to you, if it sounds like words, but there's no literal definition in your mind for it, there's no image in it, then you have not gone through this process, okay, which would make you a carnal Christian, okay? And so I'm not accusing you. 
you put yourself in that category, uh, but it's called a carnal Christian. And carnal Christians, Paul talks about the two types of Christians in the Bible. Um, but a carnal Christian is one that can't ever get spiritual meat and only can get spiritual milk. Uh, Paul wrote to one church and he said, I wanted to bring you meat, but I was only able to give you milk. I could only preach Jesus and him crucified and repentance of your sins once again. And guys, we should be through that right now. He also said some very basic things that you should be through is healing and deliverance. He's like, we should be through that stuff. We should be moving on to bigger and better things, but I can't get through that stuff with you guys regressed. You guys went backwards. So now we got to start over. Well, that doesn't help him. That doesn't help God. And that doesn't help you. So if you're going to a church where every single Sunday they're talking about salvation, you need to leave. (laughs) Okay. I don't mean they give a salvation call. That's a good thing. If your church never gives an altar call, that's a bad thing. Okay. We need the Holy ghost. We need the acts of, uh, we need the, the acts church, the gifts of the spirit moving in full operation in every church in this world. And if that's not happening at your church, prayerfully consider getting out of there. (laughs) There are plenty of churches these days that know what I'm talking about because revival is now, revival is here. It has hit the United States of America and it's hitting the world all around us. And so there is revival. There are churches you can attend. And I know there are still areas where there aren't, but prayerfully consider if you're the person that's supposed to start that church. We are supposed to be the carriers of these revival fires everywhere we go. And so if revival fire isn't a term you're even familiar with, then maybe we need to get more hope into the body of Christ than we once were. A lot of people think because they go to church every single Sunday that they are hooked in to the body of Christ. I'm in the body of Christ. I go to church every Sunday. Ah. Uh, no. Uh, all that means is you have a club that you meet with and whether or not it's a church is really up to the Holy ghost. So is the Holy spirit moving in that place? Are people getting saved? Are people getting healed? Are people getting delivered? Are people getting set free? Are the gifts of the spirit in operation is the full word of God being preached? Or are you going to church and sitting down and they're telling you you're a sinner sent from hell that you can't get healed? Uh, we're praying for this list of people. I hope you guys pray for him, but you know, who knows God, sometimes God does. Sometimes God doesn't. Um, if they preach about hellfire and damnation, but how do you, how many of you know, you know, when you get out of it, when you get to heaven's gates, I mean, you're going to be crawling, beaten and bruised, but you'll get there. No, leave. That's not the word of God. That is demons. I have no other way to say that. It is. It's demonic oppression. It is demonic influence. It's that demon spirit of religion that's like, if these people are going to seek God, then they're going to seek the wrong God. I'm going to make sure that God they seek is so miserable and makes them so miserable that they couldn't possibly find out about the power of the Holy Ghost. They couldn't possibly find out about the gifts that they can receive when they start praying in the spirit, when they start yielding to the Lord, right? I'm never going to let them know that as long as they're in this building, because I've got this pastor under my thumb. I've got this denomination under my thumb. I started this denomination. You know, the devil starts church denominations. How else do you think there's a church denomination that has rainbow flags? How else do you think that happens? Demons were involved from the beginning. Glory. Hallelujah. Okay. And I'm not saying everyone, you could be like, Oh, what about this one? Or what about this one? Okay. I'm just going to stop you right there. God hates strife. He hates it. He won't tolerate it. So when you decide, let's say you're in a big family, let's say your family has 12 kids and two of those kids decide they don't want to be in that family anymore. We're in this family, but you guys, the the other 10 of you are freaking weirdos. Bye. 
right? And they like, they'll come to Christmas dinner sort of, but then they start like going to the house next door and they have Christmas dinner at that house. And then as time goes on, they get a little farther away and a little farther away before you know it. You don't even know who those guys are. That's the body of Christ today. People just started saying, oh, I love you too, but I'm going to be over here with people who I agree with on everything or people who will agree with me, right? Okay. Yeah. We all want to practice this same sin. So we're going to go to this church because this church preaches some crazy crap that makes us feel better about ourselves. Or at this church, our pastor doesn't practice holiness. So he doesn't expect us to either. Or at this church. No. <laughs> no. Thus saith the Lord. No. God does not play games. And the pastors and the leaders of these churches I'm describing have a judgment day. They have someone they're going to answer to for interpreting the word wrong. They just are. How harsh that judgment is, I don't know. I'm not their judge. But God is. He holds teachers account. That's why he said in his word, don't want to be a teacher. Don't want to be a leader in this. Because if you are, be very careful. Because you're going to be held to a higher standard than everybody else. And that is no lie, folks. I promise you today, that is truth. I am held to a higher standard, even just preaching through my phone. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that a congregation isn't sitting in front of me. I am held to a higher standard than other people because I preach the gospel, because I teach the word of God. Okay. That's another level of holiness. That's another level of walking with the Lord. That's another level of self-sacrifice that other members of the body of Christ don't have to walk through. But if you want to be used by God mightily, you need to get up here with me. You've got to, you've got to. You have to, if you want to be used by God, if you want to deliver demons, if you want to cast out every evil spirit, if you want to have poisonous snakes touch you and not kill you, if you want to heal the sick and raise the dead, all of these signs shall follow those who believe. If you want to be a believer with signs, wonders, and miracles following, then you have to get holy because God cannot send his supernatural power to unholy vessels. And he won't, he loves you, but he won't. Because if I gave my four-year-old the keys to our car that has a super-powered engine in it or whatever, it, whatever fancy crap it has, I love my husband, I love you, honey, but whatever it's got in there that I can barely drive, when if I were to give her the keys to that car, she'd wreck the car. She wouldn't be able to use the car. If I taught her how to turn it on and did all the steps for her, and then I put her behind the car, I would kill my daughter that way. That would kill her if I let her use that amount of power. She's not ready. She's not big enough. She's not strong enough. She doesn't have the knowledge necessary. It would kill her. I am never going to do that. God is never going to put you behind the wheel of a car you're not capable of driving. And so many people think, well, I've seen a couple of sermons or I've seen a couple of deliverance videos or I've seen enough to know that all they're doing is just speaking out of their mouth and things are happening. So I can speak too. This isn't a car. You are walking on dangerous ground. This is holy territory. The supernatural realm and fighting the kingdom of darkness is a holy thing. Okay. God does not let just anybody be a war general. He doesn't let just anybody get up in the front in front of all the sheep and shepherd them. He doesn't let just anybody do that. So to think that you would do that because you felt like it or because it looked cool or because you think you'd feel good is nonsense. It's foolishness and it's a mockery of God's kingdom. So I don't know who that's for, but that's for some people out there today. And I want to say it's said in love. I love you. Holy ghost loves you. God loves you. Jesus adores you, 
but no one is going to let you walk into that world without being prepared. And so no one's saying you can't do it. We're just saying, Hey, take a step back. Let's walk in holiness first and let's learn the sanctification process. And let's let this refining fire wash us clean with the blood of Jesus. And with that true, holy way of doing and being right. Everything the Bible says and rightly discerned and interpreted doing and being correct. Okay. So 34 minutes in, that's our intro. Hallelujah. We're going to get into this. So I already mentioned sanctify is to be made holy. And guys, I want you to, I want to be clear with you. Holly Smith is not just going off the rails talking about 18 different things. This is the Holy Spirit this is not me. I had none of this prepared. I'm learning with you on some of these points. Okay. So I deliver things the way the Lord tells me to. There you go. Uh, recognize you need to get sanctified and commit to the process. No matter what decide you won't quit. So for you people who are in the deliverance ministry, who want to be, who clicked on this video and you're like, I love spiritual warfare. This is for you. Okay. Decide the process I just described is worth it to you. Describe the end result is worth it to you. Decide that it's worth it to you to go through this process and decide you're not going to quit no matter what. Number two, surrender through prayer. Say, God, take me through this process, clean me out and make me an honorable vessel, holy and ready for the master's work in Jesus name. Amen. And mean it with all your heart and you're in baby. You're doing this. You stepped out of the boat and you're walking on the water. I'm excited for you. Okay. Saturate yourself with the word of God, get it in your eyes and in your ears. And in the previous sermons, we've talked about, you know, go to lionlamministries.com slash binge Jesus. And you go and, and you look at those ministers of the gospel, those generals of the faith who have been doing this a lot longer than you or I have. And you learn from them, learn from my previous videos on sanctification. My link is up there. You see it already. Go to my page, watch sanctification part one and two, watch how to be a kid again, how to be a kid again. That sermon is all about how to hear God's voice and how to talk to God and God talk to you. You're going to need that skill set. We're actually going to get in. I'm getting ahead of myself because we're going to go there. Uh, number four is be a doer of the word. Do what you hear in these sermons. Do what you read in the Bible. Okay. Do what the Holy Ghost is telling you to do. Be a doer of the word. Okay. And so <clears throat> you have to control your tongue. Okay. So we have to, I'm going to read you this James two twenty six. as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead. So if you read the word every day, congratulations. If you don't do it, I'm not impressed and neither is God. Neither is God. So no one's impressed because you opened your Bible today. No one cares, not even God. All he cares about is the doers of the word, because those are the true disciples of God. The people who open the word and don't do them are the Pharisees that crucified Jesus Christ himself. Okay. Number five, talk to God, submit yourself to his will. Okay. So this is a new step. New step. Number five, talk to God, submit yourself to his will. Okay. So you're going to need to go to how to be a kid again on my YouTube channel. I will link it right now in the description, uh, or in a card or something. You can click on it, um, and save it and then come back to this one or whatever you need to do. But how to be a kid again is all about how to talk to God and hear God's voice. There's something called Trinity language and it is God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy spirit. God is three and God is one. Okay. And so you can hear God's voice as one. You can hear God's voice as three, but Jesus has his own distinct voice and personality. 
and personhood. There is a Jesus the disciples got to know walking around on the earth that they didn't put in this book. Did you know that? There's a Jesus, there's a fun, goofy, silly Jesus that wants to crack jokes with you while you're sitting in church because you know what they're saying. Did you know that? There's a fun, silly Jesus with, that will walk around the grocery store with you, who will go on rides with you, who will say, hey, there's a cop, slow down. I'm not kidding. You can get to a place in holiness where you hang out with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he wants nothing more than to do that right with you. Okay. But he can't get to you in your fallen state because Jesus is not going to come sit in your car and watch you smoke. He's not going to come fornicate your girlfriend with you. Those are demons that's doing that crap. That's not Jesus. He's holy. Okay. Jesus isn't going to walk into a scary movie with you. He loves you. He's inside of you, but he can't hang out with you in those places. He can't talk to you in those places. All he can do is warn you through the Holy Spirit conviction. And then it's up to you. God is a perfect gentleman and he will never, ever, ever cross over the boundary line that he said of your free will. Your free will is what makes you a human being. Your free will is what makes you different than an angel or than an animal. You have free will. God gave you a mind, a will, and emotions to use to your benefit, not your detriment. But far too people, far too many people have used it for their detriment instead of their benefit. You can use that mind that's been tormenting you with anxious thoughts. You can use those emotions that you think are uncontrollable. You can use that willpower that you think is only good for going to the fridge. And you can turn all that around and use it for the gospel. You can use it for the kingdom of God. You can use it to get people set free and get delivered and get healed and get risen from the dead. You can use it to raise your own life from the dead. Did you know that? Because if you're sitting here listening to me and this stuff is brand new, your life is nothing compared to what God has created it to be. You don't look anything like the person God created you to be. But if you do not go through this process, you'll never learn who that person is. And that's what I was going to say earlier. Here's the secret. Here's the mystery of the kingdom that when you get into this and you start walking this out, God has a vision for your life. He has a plan for your life. He's got a promise and a prophecy and just mm, your life is set. The books of heaven have it recorded. They have it recorded what you're going to do and you don't know it yet. They have it recorded who you're going to marry. You may not know that yet. They have it recorded what children you're going to have and what your children are going to do. You just don't know it yet. They have it recorded what business you're going to start, what song you're going to sing, what you're going to eat for breakfast tomorrow. It is written down in the books and the scrolls of heaven. It's recorded. But if you never tap into God's power, if you never tap into his authority, into his dominion, if you never submit yourself and yield as a vessel to the Lord, you're never going to know what's written in those books and they're going to get erased because they were written for your good and your glory. But what I've learned through walking with God and, and blessing people with God is that he'll say, okay, I want you to prepare and you're going to prepare. I want you to bless this person. And he'll come back to me a few months later and say, cause I'm like, what happened with that? Lord, did I, did I mishear you? He said, no, they chose not to, they chose not to keep walking with me in that way. And I couldn't let you bless them. So I dropped it. They missed that blessing, but he went so far. He saw the end from the beginning, but he loves his children so much. And he has so much faith in you. Did you know that God has faith in you? You may not have faith in yourself right now, but he has faith in you. I have faith in you because I was you. And I turned into this in a matter of months. So if I can do it, literally anyone can. <laughs> okay. But here's the good news. God 
God has things prepared for his kids and he believes in them so much that he will prepare for them even if he knows they won't take him up on it. Guys, that's love. That's love. I love my kids, but there are not many prizes I'm going to buy knowing they'll never earn them. (laughs) But that's God. That's what he does. He, God loves you so much that he will set things up for you that he knows that you won't take advantage of, but he has to be able to say that he offered it to you. He has to be able to say it was there for you. He wants to be able to say that because he's your dad and he loves you. And so when you get to the end of your life and you didn't get some of the things that he promised you and you go, God, what, what happened? He'll be able to show you moments and opportunities that you have missed because you did not walk in holiness, because you did not walk in obedience to God and his word. And I really don't want that for you. And I certainly don't want that for me. And so I learned very early that like obedience is key to this. Obey God because he's holy. Okay. So if you're not willing to be obedient, if you're like, I make, I'm a self-made man or woman, I do my own thing. No one's going to tell me nothing. Then pray for a changed heart. Pray for a changed heart. I'm not going to tell you to get off this video. I don't want you to. You need this more than anybody. Pray for your heart to be softened and changed. Okay. And I think if you made it this far, you're, you're on the right track. (laughs) Okay. So when you finish talking to God, after you watch how to be a kid again, okay. And I'll, I'll put a card here again. Um, actually I don't think it'll let me put it on twice, but when you watch how to be a kid again and you learn to talk to God, the next thing you're going to do is make the changes God is asking you to make. If it's move, then move. If it's stay, then stay. If it's bloom where you're planted, bloom where you're planted. If it's get a different job, get a different job. If it's leave that relationship, leave that relationship, leave it. Leave it, leave the relationship, leave the relationship, leave the relationship. Please leave the relationship. So many people don't realize what a holy thing marriage is. And when they get into it with the wrong person, they don't realize how they have torpedoed their life. They don't realize how bad life is about to feel, look, and get because lust only lasts so long. The wages of sin are death. And so if you got into this relationship because you really liked the way this person looked instead of the way that their heart responded to the world, you are in deep doo-doo. You're in trouble. You got to pray about this relationship. And if God says this person's going to get sanctified, this person's going to get holy, this person's going to get set free and delivered, and I have a plan for their life, you just keep walking it out in love, then stay. By all means, stay. There's so many people that have that story, but there are people who have different stories. Okay. So you pray about your relationship. Glory. Um, if it's move, move, I'm not talking to anyone I, married people don't use this as an excuse to get a divorce. The Bible is very clear about certain things, but pray. And if you're in a marriage and you're like, I don't think she's talking to me. I think she's talking to the people who aren't married yet. I am. I am. Okay. Don't just leave your marriage right away. Pray about what God wants you to do. Because if you're sitting here going, my spouse doesn't love me or they're abusive or anything else, God has a very quick solution to your problem. But if you're sitting here going, I have a nice spouse, but I don't think I probably married the right one. And I don't know what to do now. And that may be something the Lord's going to ask you to walk out slower and, and portray his light to your husband or to your wife so that they can receive the gospel and get sanctified with you. If you're in a dangerous situation though, um, God can move very quickly on your behalf once you yield to him, because he is begging you for an opportunity to move in this way. So give it to God, pray, yield, trust. And if you feel out of the Lord, send us a prayer request and we can help you as best we can. But please remember that this isn't, um, 
an instruction to do anything other than be led of the Lord. My life is nothing but led of the Lord. I will, um, I will, I will do some crazy things because God told me to do them. And I will do some, I will not do some things that seem very normal because God told me not to do them. Okay. So talking to God is key. Okay. Last thing is stay faithful. When you've done all to stand, stand therefore, okay? And you need to walk in love. You need to walk in health. You need to walk in prosperity. You need to walk in full abundant life. God has finance, health, provision, relationship, and glory for your life. He's got vision for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. He's got a plan for your life. You just have to walk it out. Now we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. And I have 15 minutes, so we're going to get going. So, I don't think there is spiritual warfare, Pastor Holly. I think you are full of bull hockey and you just want views. I don't care at all if I get views. <laughs> I don't. I am commissioned by God to do this work. He does the work, not me. I literally got shadow banned on TikTok a few days ago. I don't care. It's not my stuff. Jesus and I have a very clear relationship. I'm like, Lord, I do my part, but you do your part. And I hold God Almighty to his part. And that may sound harsh, but his word says to come boldly to the throne of grace. And I put a demand on that grace because grace is where I leave off. It's not, um, constant forgiveness for perpetual sin. That's not doing anything but opening a door to a demon. But when I go as far as I can possibly go with my life, with my day, with my efforts and my abilities, that's where Jesus picks up the baton and he carries it the rest of the way over the finish line, whatever the finish line is. That's grace. It's the bridge between where I leave off and where we need to get to. God will pick up the rest of the way. But if I never do my part, God cannot pick up the baton and finish the job. So I do my part. I do these videos and I don't care if I have five followers or 15 million trillion thousand of them. I don't care. I am here to do God's work. I will probably not look at your comment one way or the other. So Ephesians 6, 12. That's what it, that's another thing I felt out of the Lord to say. A lot of people think that they can watch these videos and that people are out here looking to make a name for themselves or looking to find fame or looking to find a ministry they're looking to find a career or a, a financial source of income. This is not why people do this. I, I'm sure that's why some people do it. And you need to have discernment and Holy Ghost leading on that. But I'm telling you right now, this ministry is here to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ because I'm trying to get one place and that's home. My husband has a six figure year income. I have literally no needs that are not met. I have very little wants that are not met. And those wants include Ferraris and I'll get them eventually. Do you understand? Like I don't have life problems. I didn't do this because I was looking to get out of something else. I don't sit here because I, I just love looking at myself in the camera. I can look at myself in the mirror and not do half the work it takes to run this ministry. And this isn't a big operation yet. And it's a ton of work. I don't do this for any comment that you could possibly leave. I don't do this for any like, I don't do this for any subscribe, please like, please subscribe and please comment because it blesses the ministry and it helps bless other people and get the word of God out there because there needs to be biblical teaching in the world. And there is not very much right now. Okay, so please help get this message out. But that is all you're doing. And you sow a seed to this ministry. You know, the woman, I feel a lot of the Lord to say this. So in the book, in the Gospels, there's a woman who she uh, breaks the jar of alabaster perfume, uh, the alabaster jar. She breaks it over Jesus and she pours perfume over his body and she anoints his body with 
um, fragrances to help prepare his body for burial. And everyone's super mad about it. And he's like, Hey, chill out. She's giving to me. You're going to have the poor with you forever, but she's giving to me to prepare me for what's about to happen. Okay. To prepare my body for burial. And I'm going to tell you right now, you and I don't have the opportunity that woman had. We can't prepare Jesus's body for burial. We don't get the opportunity to sow into his life in that way. But you know what we can do is we can sow into his body for his return. And that's what you do when you give to the kingdom of God. And when you give to this ministry, you are giving to the kingdom of God. I don't need your money. I don't want your money. I'm not taking your money. This is not about me. This is not the Holly Smith show. This is God and his presence and his glory affecting and touching people's lives and changing and transforming them from the inside out because he did it for me. And I'm so crazy passionate about the fact that I live set free. I was one of those people I described at the beginning of this video that would say, I have anxiety. I have depression. I fall a lot. I da, 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 da. Those were all demons. They were demon spirits that had come in and oppressed my body and tried to possess it. And I had to get them cast out of me. Okay. That's not a drill. That's not a joke. When people are like, wow, you've really changed. You're different. Yeah. It's because I don't have demons anymore. (sighs) Like you want to be set free. There is real demonic possession and oppression and people want to skate around it. Ministers want to want to say one or two little things cryptically in a book and that's it. And it's not enough. You have to tell the body of Christ what happened to you when you got sanctified. And I'll tell you what happened to me. I found more spiritual attack in my life than I had ever seen. I found more attack on my finances. I found more attack on my children and their well-being. I found more attack from my family and friends. People who I thought loved me started hating me. And I mean visceral hate towards me. Okay. It was not fun. Still not. It's not over. People don't stop hating you because you love Jesus. Like when they don't get over it after 30 days, they will continue to hate you until they get saved or go to hell one or the other. It's their choice. It's their responsibility. And I can't be held responsible for their choices. And I'm not, do you know what I'm saying? Jesus said in the gospels, he said, um, I did not come to make everybody feel good, but I came to bring a sword and it's going to slice father and daughter. It's going to slice brother and sister. It's going to slice families wide open because some people are going to get it. And some people aren't. And a far too many people are so dug in, in their family. They're so dug in and being kin with someone. This is my blood relative. Like I need to be there for them for every screw up of their life. No, you don't. I'm going to set some people free here today with the Holy ghost. No, you don't. Your job, your responsibility to your blood family members is written out very plainly in the, in in the Bible. And it says, honor your father and mother so that it may go well with you. Honoring is not being self-sacrificing. Jesus said, be self-sacrificing for me. He didn't say be self-sacrificing for your parents. He didn't say be self-sacrificing for your brothers and sisters, your aunties and your uncles and your grandparents and your baby mamas and your daddies and bleh. Nope. He said, be self-sacrificing to me, honor your father and mother. And every other relationship in your life is, is going to come together when you read this word and you do it. Okay. Or it's going to not, there are so many relationships in your life right now that once you finish this process, they're not going to be there. 
They're not going to be there. Why? Spiritual warfare. Two things. One, God is going to clean some people out that have been placed in your life as plants from the enemy to destroy your life. So spiritual warfare is the main reason, but the reason is because spiritual warfare has been going on before you realized there was a war you were in. Okay. And the devil didn't, didn't let you in on that little clue, but I'm going to, you're in the middle of a war and there are people that have been planted secretly in your life by the kingdom of darkness that are out to kill, steal, and destroy you. And they may not even be aware of it. They're probably not. They're just bad influences. They're just people that every time you hang out with them, you feel worse. That every time you invest in them and spend time in them, it's it's taking from you. Why is that? Because they're not of God. Even if you met them at church, they are not of God. If they're not holy, if they're not walking the way I'm telling you to walk, they're not of God the way they could be. And I'm not saying every unsanctified person is a devil. That's not true or else you and I would be and we're not. But there are truly people the devil has planted in your life that are going to cause nothing but pain for you. And you've accepted them because you come to know them and their little quirks and their personalities and their characteristics. And so you think that's love because you know them. And that's not love. That's knowing someone and knowing their humanhood and not wanting anything to happen to another human. And that's very gracious of you. That's very merciful. That's very big and godly of you. But you are not to be self-sacrificing to those people. And so many times God will use... um, the devil, excuse me, the devil will use people who, who look and, and they seem perfect. They seem like the fit for your life, whether it be a relationship that's romantic or not. There's someone that fits in a category you really wanted in your life to fit. And so you're sitting here going, I finally got this category filled. Yeah. Cause you've been asking the wrong person. Because you've been looking for it in the wrong places. All you had to do was pray to God and ask him for it. And he would have sent it to you. But you were just talking constantly. I need a friend. I need a friend. I need a friend. I need a boyfriend. I need a girlfriend. I need this. I need this. I need this. I need this person. And you would just say it. But you didn't ask God for it. And so if you didn't ask God for it, then the devil placed someone there. The devil fulfilled that need because he knew that's a door. That's a door. Even if you got every single door closed, if you have not shed the people in your life that need shedding, you have doors open because they are in your home. They're in your heart. They're in your mind. They're in your thoughts. They have, they have the potential to have familiar spirits that speak things that, that can cut you in a way you didn't know you could be cut. And they have that access all the time. You have to cut it off. Thus saith the Lord, cut that relationship off. If, if there's somebody or somebodies, plural, that are coming to mind right now, prayerfully consider what you need to do next. I'm not saying text everybody in your contact list, F off. Please don't do that. That's not of God. But I am saying you need to be very careful about moving forward in relationships that you don't know if God placed them there or not. Okay. And so that's really, it's, it's so key to this walk in the Lord is did did this person end up here because I put them here or because God did? And you'll know that by, did I pray this person in or did I just happen upon this person? And very rarely can God place the exact right person in your life if you didn't pray them in. Okay. So Ephesians six twelve, just to give you a reference point for this says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That's Ephesians six twelve NLT. You are not fighting other human beings. So even if these other human beings in your life, you're like, oh my gosh, that's them. They're evil. Ugh. It's not them. It's the demonic possession inside of them. 
It's the familiar spirits inside of them. It's the, it's the demonic oppression of their life, right? Whatever's going on with them. And you're like, Oh no, I now I need to help them. No, babe, they chose, they have free will and you can pray that God delivers them, but you cannot help them. You have to get out of the situation, especially if that's what God's calling you to do. You have to cut it off. You have to say, I'm done. I'm out. I'll move on and let God heal your heart. Let Jesus fill those places in your heart and pray for people to be sent in that can help you glory. So we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against real principalities and powers of the dark world. And because of that, you have to remember that they are looking for an opportunity to kill you. These, these evil spirits, this kingdom of darkness is looking for every opportunity it can to steal, kill, and destroy your life every single minute of every single day. And this isn't an easy topic to broach with adults. I've had to talk about it with my four-year-old. I've had so much spiritual attack and spiritual warfare in our life that I've had to sit her down and say, you cannot make those choices because you know too much and you're opening doors that, that, it, that it cannot be closed that way. You can't open doors like that in your life. And so while she doesn't have the authority to do it today, she's four and praise God, she's under our authority, our spiritual realm. So she can make a bad choice, but if I didn't allow anything in the home and I didn't allow anything near her, I can protect her. Okay. As her parent, as her authoritative parent. That's why the Bible says, blessed are the children of the righteous. Because when you're a child of an unrighteous person, you absolutely can get filled with demons at a, such a young age. At such a young age, you can experience that. And so I am, I have, I have personal experience with it. Okay. I have seen it. I have lived it. Don't do that to your children. Get sanctified and get holy so that you can protect them from these spiritual forces that can come in at six years old, at two years old, at four years old and attack their little bodies and their little minds to where they grow up and think they're nothing and nobody for decades. Please protect your children. Please protect you. Thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. So these evil spirits, they can get in these other ways, but, but the main way is, is sin. The only way these evil spirits get to you is sin. This warfare I'm, I'm speaking about is, is the devil wanting and the, the Bible says the devil prowls around like, like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. The lion of Judah is the real lion. That's Jesus. But he prowls like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Okay. He hates you. He hates your kids. He hates your business. He hates your marriage. He hates your ministry. He hates your church. He hates your life. He hates your mom. He hates your dad. He hates you. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy you. He did everything he could to make sure you didn't get to the end of this video because he hates you and he doesn't want you to hear truth and he doesn't want you to have light shed in areas of your life that he has covered in darkness your entire life. Does that make sense? So it's very important that you remember that it is not your job to fix the problem. It's your job to yield to the Lord and he can fix these problems because everything I've said to you today sounds hard and scary and confusing. And you're like, I don't even know where to start guys. It's simple. You just start with the word of God. The Holy spirit has taken it on this, uh, taken us on this journey tonight because you need to see the various ways and, and moments that you're going to be affected. There's going to be so many parts of your life that you didn't think anybody cared about, but the spiritual realm cares a great deal about. And there's been activity in that area you didn't realize. You didn't realize you needed to not watch porn. You didn't realize you needed to not eat the last piece of pizza every time there was a box of pizza in the house. You didn't realize that. You didn't realize you were opening a door to the devil that way, but you were. Every 
every, 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 every carnal decision you make can and will open the door to the devil. A spiritual decision is the only decision you ever need to make. Okay. And what I mean by that is a carnal decision is saying my flesh, my body, I, my soul, I really want to sit and watch desperate housewives for four hours and order ice cream and pizza and do nothing. But I want to do it every single day because I'm the things I'm describing. They're not necessarily bad things. If you do it once. It's perpetual and habitual and constant. That's what's letting the devils in your life and in your body and in your physical body. Okay. And so if this scares you, please don't let it scare you. Okay. You're okay. You're safe. You're loved, but get deliverance. Okay. Get deliverance. And so we're going to do that right now. Um, Father, in the name of Jesus, there are people on this call who have realized they probably have got some demon spirits in them and they don't want to have them anymore. And so Jesus, I ask you to reach through this camera and you're already with them. And guys, right now, I want you to renounce whatever things are troubling you, whatever's confusing you, whatever's like, I know this is bad and I've been doing this. Renounce it. Renounce all wickedness. Renounce all evil. Renounce all darkness and all measures of the kingdom of darkness that have been in your life that you've submitted to repent. Say, I repent in Jesus name. And I renounce this Jesus, please take every effect and every evil spirit that came with this out of my life and out of my body in Jesus name. And you probably won't get to the end of that prayer before things really start manifesting and coming out. Hallelujah. Jesus will finish the job. The Holy spirit will help you, but I cast out every evil spirit. I command you to flee in Jesus name. Okay. So What we're going to do now is I'm going to pray for you. Father, in Jesus name, cover these people with your heart, with your love, with your light. Glory to God. Father, give them the spiritual wisdom they need to walk this road out with love, with sanctification, with holiness and with excellence. And Father, I pray a blessing on their life. I pray you open doors no man can shut. I pray you open their eyes that no devil in hell can close again. And I say all these things I praise you for and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I want to thank you guys for being on this video today, for watching this sermon. If you did have deliverance, if you did see things manifest, please reach out to us. Please contact us. Please drop a comment. We would love to help you. We would love to pray with you further. We'd love to connect you with people that can help you. Um, Most importantly, guys, what I want you to remember is God loves you. And this process is a process that you can walk through to gain the kind of power Jesus had on the earth because he said greater works than these you'll do because I'm going to the father. You're going to do the works I do, but you're going to do greater works than I did. I just started it. I just set the example. You're going to take this ball and run with it. This was just the litmus test. You're going to go do the whole thing. Okay. So I want you to remember that God loves you, that you have real supernatural power, real supernatural anointing and real supernatural peace that can be a part of your life forever. And God has an assignment on your life. He's got a call on your life and it's your job to walk this out and find out from him what it is and come back and tell me because I really want to sow into it and I want to be a blessing to you. So we thank you and we love you. And if you'd like to sow into our vision and our ministry, we would be so honored and so touched because as I mentioned earlier, we are out to get souls saved for the Lord Jesus Christ and get them sanctified and set free like we did today. Hallelujah. So if you will, 
go ahead to lionlandministries.com. You can click give and we will have all the information there for you to do that. You can do it a number of ways. We just want to grow the kingdom of God. And so God says that when you sow a seed, when you plant a seed like that, you reap a harvest. We are going to get souls saved because you sowed that seed. We're going to get souls sanctified because you sowed that seed. More than that, God is going to pour out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive in your life. And we pray a hundredfold return on every seed sown because God says that he will multiply what you've given him. He honors what you've given him. And when you give to the kingdom, you hook your money in with heaven instead of this Babylonian system here on the earth that it, it seems like it's crashing every other day. Hook your money up with heaven and get heaven's provision and heaven's finances in your life will change forever. Hallelujah. So if you want to do that, go to lionlandministries.com. The information will be on the screen. We are so blessed that you've been here today. Drop us a comment, like this video, subscribe, share it with your friends. Let's get the world sanctified so we can all get home. Hallelujah. Thank you. My name is Holly Smith. This has been Grab the Glory with Holly Smith and a production of Line and Land Ministries. We'll see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.